kidding. All right, here we go. Did you hit the button? I already did. I know you did. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> well, hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Reach My City TV right here on YouTube. We're excited that you're here tonight. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, there's going to be tons of content that's going to be added onto this channel. We're really excited to be back on YouTube and obviously Facebook, Instagram. We're also on iTunes. If you didn't know, there's a podcast that actually coincides with our show, and uh, that's called Reach My City. Would you imagine that? Wow. So <laughs> it's really wow. easy to find. I'm here, as usual, with the epic... Jacob Maloney and Devin Brown. How mm. you guys doing tonight? Doing pretty good. I've doing never well. been called the epic, the epic Jacob Maloney. The almost legend. I'll take it. I think I will be, take do you it. have to be deceased to be a legend? No. No. No, right? Could you be a living legend? Look, Chuck, Nor- Chuck Norris is still alive. That's so. true. Okay, That's true. Good, good point. Good point <laughs> taken. Anyway, we're glad you're here tonight. We're going to be talking Jesus, about... I'll be the Sunday school kid. And Jesus, Jesus is not dead. Is. Okay. That's right. He's surely alive. He's surely alive. Living on the inside... Roaring like a lion. Roaring like a lion. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be talking about tonight uh, the myth of the gift, or is it a myth? And that is the, the gift of evangelism. So uh, we're going to be diving into that. Each of us have a lot to talk about when it comes to this. We've talked about this so much with you know tons of different churches. If you're not familiar with our ministry, we work with just uh, evangelism, basically, and community outreach, and we train churches in biblical evangelism. We, uh, we offer evangelistic outreaches all through the year. In fact, we got one coming up now. And if you're familiar with the Mobile, Alabama area, it's the birthplace of Mardi Gras. And uh, that is uh, a huge event where thousands of people you know, get into the streets and go for beads and, and moon pies. And, and they, it's, it's a family atmosphere, but it's also an atmosphere of a lot of what the Bible might call debauchery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Straight up debauchery <laughs> when that, that word is... Uh, Overindulgence and simple pleasure, and so we come there to be a light in the dark place. Yeah, so we're, Think about that. So, uh, we're excited about you know outreaches and stuff like that, and uh, on the precipice of a big outreach like this, we always kind of deal with people who who see what we're doing, right? They see that we go out and we do quote unquote street ministry, and and they kind of want to relinquish that. It's like okay, cool, that's y'all's like that's the thing y'all are good at. That's y'all's yeah. gift. That's your your uh, you know, special little calling that God has gifted you with. And it's funny, that's the, the reason the, the title f- for tonight is The Myth of the Gift, is because we want to attack that notion tonight mm-hmm. of it actually being something like a spiritual gift, because the Bible talks a lot about these spiritual gifts in multiple places. Paul writes about it in 1 Corinthians, and he lists out some things, and he's making a real good point, and he's talking about some of these things in a way to kind of bring the church together but you'll notice in the list of listings of the gifts, there's something that's missing, and it is, in fact, don't, don't, don't. evangelism. evangelism. Or, you know, like some people want to equate the the kind of job or the, office or the title, of the, the office of the evangelist, as being the only avenue for true evangelism. But the the root of that word, of course, is related to the same word as you know even the gospel, the euangelion, which is to proclaim the good news of 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 Christ. And it's assigned to everyone. It's not just some special little gift. So we're going to kind of dive into that a little bit. And I know Devin has some stuff he wants to share, specifically related to to the idea of a gift. Yeah, and, you know, um, the gift uh, is often uh, equated, or when people say gift, they mean a a spiritual gift is usually what uh, they believe. They believe that God has given certain people. Uh, maybe a just a gift or a personality for evangelism, and uh, tonight we're going to uh, debunk that 
Um, we're not, not going to say try to because it's it's very clear in Scripture. Um, however, it is up to you to submit to that Scripture. So uh, we're going to touch on that. And um, uh, first, I kind of guess I'll get the ball rolling on on a, a common objection about uh, gifts, uh, the gift or the myth of the gift of evangelism, uh, and that is that God either has given it to only people uh, with that He's given the gift to you know He's only given these people the gift or only to the apostles uh, who had the gifts um, of evangelism. And so I, I kind of want to touch that. In Matthew 28, uh, verses 18 through 20, this is known as the, the Great Commission. Jesus was talking to the apostles. Um, and contextually, yes, the Great Commission was only to the apostles because they were the only ones there that Jesus was talking to. Uh, however, there was a command inside the Great Commission, uh, and it was to teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. Certainly, that includes the command to make disciples. Uh, D.A. Carson notes that the Great Commission does not record Jesus saying to the apostles, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, except for this commandment to make disciples. Keep their grubby hands off that one, since it belongs only to you, my dear apostles. That's not, that's not true. Uh, what had Jesus commanded the <laughs> apostles? Among many other things, he commanded them to preach the gospel to the whole of creation. So this command of Jesus given to the apostles also applies to every believer today. In addition, if we're going to uh, only apply the Great Commission to the apostles, are you only going to apply this quote by Jesus to the apostles because these were the only ones he was talking to at the time? At the time, Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So if you want to apply that quote to yourself, you have to apply the quote of Christ to preach the gospel to every creature Amen. to yourself as well. So Absolutely. a little biblical uh, back up there in Matthew 28. What's commonly called the Great Commission is Mark 16, 15, which says, Go therefore into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation, or the King James might say every creature, every person. And so that word, go into all the world, literally means to go into all the world and <laughs> preach the gospel to every person. And so one, um, for us, one, one great sign that a person needs to hear the gospel is their breathing. <laughs> yeah. That's a great sign for us to know that, that, okay, this guy needs to hear the gospel. Um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we, we cite this verse a lot because it really uh, hones in on the, the, the point we're trying to make here. First, it says, if anyone's in Christ, anyone. If anyone is in Christ, that entails men, women, children, anyone. If they're in Christ, they're a new creation. And then it goes on to say that God's commended his love towards us, that Christ, you know, having no sin, became sin for us. And so you have the gospel within those, this text, but you also have three separate places that's very clear that those people who are in Christ are an ambassador for Christ. That's one of the first things is that you now represent a representative of Christ. That is that you represent him. You've been presented with Jesus Christ, and now you're going to represent him to others, to your world, to your neighbors, to your friends, to your family, to your coworkers. You're going to represent him. The other thing is, it says here that God has entrusted us with the message of reconciliation. There's only one message that I know that reconciles people to God, and that's the message of the gospel, which Paul said in Romans 1.16 is he's unashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation. And so we want people to hear the message of the gospel, and there's not one place in all of the Bible that someone was saved by watching another person's life. It was always because they heard the message of the gospel. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. How can they believe in the one 
that they've not heard, right? The, the third thing here in this text is that we have a ministry of reconciliation, that anyone that's in Christ actually has a ministry to reconcile pe- people who are far from God back to him. God's using us to literally make his appeal through us, and that's what uh, Paul was writing to the Corinthian church here is literally, hey, um, you know, I implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God, and that's really our message say, to the world. You know, analogy that kind of goes right along with this that we've used before, and and it's it's so true, and it's a powerful analogy. And it's it's this: you wouldn't go up to a marathon runner. You know, sometimes these guys will. Somebody recently, I think, just ran like a sub two hour marathon or something like that. It's like, my goodness, that's insane. I mean, that's faster than I think I can ride a bike. I don't know. <laughs> But just think about that. What if you went up to this guy who just ran a 26.1 miles or whatever in less than two hours, and you said, wow, man, like, you are so gifted to run. Like, you know that this dude has spent so much time. How many times has he probably ran a marathon in his life just to be able to train and work up the, the muscle, the endurance, the stamina to be able to do something like that? He would probably tell you, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm gifted – with the ability to maybe walk and use my legs and run, but this this took a lot of work. This was, you know, I had to train and train. Strict dietary. Yeah, and in the same way, it'd be like going to, to Michael Phelps and say, wow, Michael Phelps, you're gifted with the ability to, to, to win all those medals and stuff. And he would say, no, I worked, you know, my tail off for this. I, you know, I remember seeing documentaries back when Michael Phelps, you know, won all those medals and, and he was hours and hours and hours in the pool. Like every day he said he his best friend was the black line on the bottom of the pool, you know, three and a half hours or swimming or something a day. And what my point with this is to say you would this in the same way you wouldn't go to those people and say, Wow, they're just gifted with the ability to swim or to to run. It's weird to say to someone who knows how to share their faith well that, oh, you're just gifted with that. You know, it's just a gift. You're so gifted. You're talented or something. As if it's like not up to that person. They didn't work for it. And and to imply that someone is just gifted with the ability to evangelize is to kind of cut yourself out of the deal and say, well, I'm not gifted like that. So I, I don't really, you know, I don't really feel called to it. When, of course, you are called to it. You know, I know William Booth had a famous quote where it says, not called, you say, not heard the call. You say, put your ear down to the Bible and listen to the, you know, the cries of, of uh, you know, basically us to go out and to witness because there's, there's souls that are dying and all of us are called. You know, all of us are, are commissioned to go out. It's not about a gift. It's not about some special, you know, anointing that some, some people want to, to attribute to it. Of course, there are people that that have a way with words, and they're gifted maybe with a, a certain intellect that can make words flow in a certain way that they can use to evangelize, but all of us are called to evangelism. Don't relinquish it to just being some sort of gift. In fact, take it upon yourself to to aspire to be like those around us that are good at sharing their faith, because it doesn't just come by osmosis. You can't just lay your head down to a Bible or some apologetic book and automatically be able to do it, right? So you have to kind of work at it. Even Spurgeon called it an irksome task. And, and you know, it's not necessarily easy, but it becomes easier. But you're never going to learn it if you don't even feel like you're supposed to. But all Christians, let me go ahead and tell you, if you're a Christian watching tonight, you are supposed to witness. I'm supposed Amen. to witness. Amen. Devin and Johnny and, and Kevin are on the ones and twos tonight. All of us are called 
to go out and witness. So don't don't just simply say, man, I've, I, I don't have the gift. Well, you, you don't need the gift. The gift is a myth like we've just yeah, talked and, about. Yeah, and to, to follow along with that, uh, the myth of the gift is that uh, people a lot of times assume that it's only for the disciples or only for those who are gifted because maybe there's not this uh, complete story told by Jesus himself of normal believers going out and preaching the gospel. Uh, but we're to look at Scripture as a whole. Uh, we can't pick and choose the parts that we look at and read and see contextually. And so uh, if actually in the book of Acts we see a, a perfect representation, a perfect example of what the church and its uh, quote-unquote ordinary believers um, are to do. And that's in Acts chapter 8, uh, following the stoning of Stephen. Um, it says, and there arose in that day a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except for the apostles. So the apostles were not scattered. The apostles were together. But the church, the people that made up the church, uh, were scattered throughout all Judea and Samaria. And what did those ordinary believers do? Well, Acts 8, verse 4, says this. Now those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Mm. They went about sharing the gospel with others. Uh a historian, Kenneth Scott, uh, makes this observation about the spread of the gospel. The chief agents in the expansion of Christianity appear not to have been those who made it a profession or a major part of their occupation, but men and women who earned their livelihood in some purely secular manner and spoke of their faith to those whom they met in this natural fashion. So we see that the great expanse of the gospel so quickly throughout the world could not have been done by 12 men with apostolic power bestowed on them or not. They can't be everywhere at one time. The rate at which the gospel spread was too fast for 12 men to go to every city and every person uh, in that area. The gospel's expanse is accredited to the church as a whole. Believers, when they heard the word, they went and told others. They went and shared the gospel with others. And so the whole book of Acts, you see in this big picture, the apostles did not work alone. The, the, the ordinary members of the church that were converted to Christ uh, saw the urgency of the message. They had love for the lost. They wanted everyone to hear the gospel of salvation. And so that is what they did, as seen clearly in Acts chapter 8. Absolutely. You know, it's been um, something that most Christians have experienced at least once if they've been in church for a number of years. They maybe have heard of a spiritual analysis test. Um, I've, I've had, you know, the opportunity to do this test maybe at least twice in, in my Christian walk, which I've been a Christian for almost 20 years. It's been 19 years now. And, you know, two separate times I was in a group or a Bible study or a small group or something where they presented the this spiritual analysis test. Now, the spiritual analysis test came from Lifeway Research. And, uh, and I remember sitting in the group... This, uh, this second time, and of course, we talk about this all the time, how evangelism is not a gift, and it's one of the root causes. And believe me, we chop at the root all the time because we, we know that there's a lot of hindrances when it comes to people sharing the gospel. They have tons of excuses why they can or they shouldn't or whatever it may be. And so I found a, just another root that was in the ground, basically, we had to chop at, and that was that within this spiritual analysis test, analysis test 
there was all these giftings that were, you know, marked out there. There was, you know, generosity and, and uh, encouragement, uh, helps and, and, uh, you know, just so many teaching and, uh, and, you know, pastoring and, and counseling and just all these different gifts that are listed. And of course, there's tons more in Corinthians that are listed there. And as I was going down this list, there it was, evangelism. And I almost blew a gasket. I tried not to, but I just really had to almost you know, restrain myself because I, I spoke up and I said, hey, everyone, I just want you to do something for me, if you will. I said, I want you to take your pen. I want you to mark out evangelism. That is not a gift. <laughs> and I was pretty dogmatic about that. I said, look, this is, this is not a gift. And guess what? Coincidentally, everyone there marked a one when it comes to evangelism. Mm-hmm. All of them just by chance felt like it wasn't for them. They just didn't feel strong in that area. Well, the Apostle Paul uh, talked about how he said, Brethren, I did not come to you with words of eloquence, but with weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And so if you feel like you don't know the exact words to say, maybe you're not very eloquent when it comes to sharing the gospel, maybe you feel weakness in that area or fear or even much trembling. <laughs> You align yourself with the Apostle Paul, with Moses, Gideon, and, and, and tons of other biblical characters that were just these, these people in, in history who you know, served God and did mighty things for God uh, that, yes, felt fear. Um, in Jude one twenty four through 26, it says, Some making a difference save with fear, pulling them from the fire, uh, you know, snatching them from the flames. And that is that the Scriptures actually equate us with firemen, and we need to do our due diligence to... Realize we're all on a rescue mission, or we should be. Um, you know, Spurgeon, you mentioned earlier, the Prince of Preachers, Charles Spurgeon, said, we must school and train ourselves to deal personally with the unconverted. We must not excuse ourselves, but force ourselves to the irksome task until it becomes easy. And just like you were saying earlier, yeah. there has to be a training. There has to be, I, I, need, I need to be equipped for this, and I need to try it. I need to go out there and, yes... Get my knees scraped, so to speak. I might get rejected, but hey, I'm going to dust myself off and continue. And the more I do it, the better I'm going to get at it. And of course, there's being ready to give an answer for the hope that we have. Yeah. You know, uh, and how can we be ready unless we get ready? And so there's, there's, you know, getting yourself prepared to be a witness for Christ. And part of that is training, which Reach My City provides for churches all around Mobile. And so if you're interested in doing that, contact us. We'd love to tell you more about how you can get involved in some training so that way you can be a better and more faithful witness for uh, Christ. Johnny was just kind of mentioning about these spirituality uh, gifts, tests, and things like that, and they're not necessarily a bad thing in and of themselves, you know, maybe learning about some some of the things that you might be actually gifted in when it comes to the gifts, but uh, similarly, George Barna and his research group, they did, they, you know, of course, do a lot of surveys of uh, of especially Christians, and uh, they had an interesting survey about the gifts that say basically which, which gifts do people actually claim if they were asked you know, to claim the, the spiritual gifts that they identify with or that they believe God has granted to them. It's pretty interesting to look at that as well because some of them, you, know, you just see some trends that happen. You know, like one of the top ones was, was teaching and then, then service and faith, and some people start men- mentioning others but as you kind of look at it, since 1995, the, they, as long as they've been doing this uh, study, the proportion of born-again adults claiming the gift of evangelism dropped from 4%, which is kind of low anyway, down to 1%. So only 1% uh, 
it, when asked, what is your like gift? 1% says evangelism. And about, uh, it says those who do not know what their gift is rose from 8% to 13%, which is kind of, there's a bunch, there's a great majority. And then another interesting thing is also kind of sad, but it shows maybe the, the scriptural ignorance of, of a lot of people that claim to be born again Christians. It said among the gifts claimed that are not among those deemed to be spiritual gifts in the Bible were, you know, all sorts of things like sense of humor and singing and health and life and happiness, all this stuff. Mm. Like, in total, a fifth of all the gifts that were listed or people that, that claimed to give were not even in the Bible. You know, like 21%. So I say all that. It's just some interesting wow. stuff to say, you know, 1%. I'm glad that more than 1% of the people in the upper room went out and started being obedient to the mm -hmm. Spirit and, and you know, through the power of the Holy Ghost, started Amen. witnessing to the lost, you know, which is what Jesus said, I'm going to give you power to do, to go and wit be a witness in your city, in your country, in the neighboring lands, and even into the end, uh, ends of the earth. So, you know, it's not about some sort of test or beating up on some test. Maybe you've taken it and received something from it, you know, more power to you. But we want to, to just stress the fact that, man, we've got to get together. We've got to realize that we're supposed to do it before we can actually even improve ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got to preach the word, you know, and, and be ready to give an answer, as Johnny mentioned earlier, for, for the hope. Give a, give a reason for the hope that is, you know, he, he's going to be with us when we do yes. it. That's the great thing about it. You know, we're, he's doing the heavy lifting. We just are literally being the messenger. He's the one that, that brings them in, that draws them into himself, and he's the one who is the author and the perfecter of our faith, as well as those who are not yet in faith. But through our meager efforts, that's what's always a mind-blowing fact, man, that God literally created everything, and yet he chose to redeem me out of sin, but not leave me just, okay, he's redeemed now, let me go get some more. No, he chooses to use me to go do the redeeming as well, wow. to go be part of his redemption what a blessing. plan. What an honor it is to serve yeah, Christ so in, in that In light way. of what you've heard tonight, our, our hope is that uh, you won't do it uh, under compulsion from us, but that the Holy Spirit uh, would compel you to go out and, and preach the gospel uh, as well as the word of God, which is so clear. Uh, and my question is to you as, as, uh, as, we, as we leave tonight, as we finish up the show, is why would you want something as wonderful and great as the gospel uh, being preached uh, that brings life, that, that saves men and women from eternal damnation? brings them out of darkness and into light. Why would you want that message to only be confined to a few people anyways? Uh, is, is there no desire to do it inside of you? Is that not something that you want to see uh, happen in your city? Is that not something that you want others to come to know uh, the grace and the mercy of God? And so tonight, think about that. You know, Think uh, about the people around you that if they don't hear the gospel, that if they don't repent and trust in Christ, where they'll spend eternity. I just want to thank you for uh, taking a moment to watch this video or listen to the podcast. And I want to make sure that we uh, cover all the bases, so to speak. I feel it's prudent for me to cover uh, somewhat where the confusion takes place. There's a reason why myths start or 
uh, misconceptions start, especially within the body of Christ, a lot of times it's because people are maybe biblically illiterate or maybe they attribute uh, a work with an office, and that's what happened here is that we have the work of evangelism. Uh, obviously, we've hopefully done a good job here to explain that every believer is commanded to share their faith, that it, it should come naturally as a, uh, you know, as you are grateful for what Christ has done in your life, and as well as uh, the urgency that other people might hear the gospel. And how does that happen? We've made it very clear, uh, 2 Corinthians five seventeen through 21, that we have a ministry of reconciliation, that God's entrusted us with this message. But beyond that, I want to really uh, just kind of cover a text here that really is important. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12, Paul writes, And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. So some would say, oh, okay, well, that means that the evangelist's work is to evangelize. And that's where the issue is here. So we want to make uh, you know, a distinction here between evangelist and what their office is, how they're supposed to operate within the church, and then the, the work of evangelism and how every believer is commanded to do that. So what is the evangelist supposed to do? Right here, verse 12. Just keep reading. It says, For the equipping of who? For the equipping of the saints. For the work of service. To the building up of the body of Christ. So the evangelist is very, is very simple. That office is to work alongside the pastor and the context of the local church to equip the saints, the body of Christ, for the work of the ministry. And so that's what we do here. We're equipping evangelists. That's really the word that probably should be put before evangelists is we are an equipper. We are to work alongside the pastor to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So I just want to make that distinction because I know it's a question when it comes to On this YouTube. topic. Why are you still sitting there? 